Well, hello again. In uh, this podcast, what I want to talk about is the benefits of doing a local project. And there are at least two main benefits of um, doing them. So with a lot of people, the, the camera will often stay in a cupboard or in a drawer or wherever it normally lives until it comes time to go on holiday or go on some big trip or some event happens. And in those cases, quite often I find that people are trying to remember how to do certain things. They're maybe losing shots because they can't quite remember how to do something very quickly and they just miss the opportunity. So doing projects or having a reason to use your camera regularly is a great way of just staying on top of it because photography, like anything else, or like many other things, uh, you improve your photography by doing it. So practice makes perfect, as they say. So that's one aspect of it. The second reason for thinking about a local project is that shooting something that you've got easy access to and thinking about how you're shooting it can help your creativity. So what I mean by that is that you might shoot something that you wouldn't normally photograph. And in doing that, maybe you have to think a little bit more about how you're shooting it, maybe how you're using depth of field, how you're using light, how you're using shadow, maybe even how you're using color and um, focus. I mean, there are very many aspects to photography that you can begin to vary once you start to think about it. And the reason that I'm keen to do that is that when you go back to your normal subject, so in my case, it's wildlife, it can give me some different ideas because I'm shooting something else in a way that I wouldn't necessarily shoot wildlife. And because I'm thinking about how to approach that particular subject, it means I might consider options that I wouldn't normally consider with my primary type of subject. So uh, obviously in my case, that would be wildlife photography. So this is another reason for taking on something like a, a project or a local um, range of subjects because it can expand you in, in a couple of ways. It can certainly just keep you current, keep your skills there for when you want to use the camera. It can also help you to improve those skills because you're perhaps using the camera differently to the way you normally normally would and it makes you consider other ways of treating the image and here I'm talking about post-processing as well as what you're shooting on the camera. So other ways of treating the image that you wouldn't normally consider for your normal subjects. So having said all of that, what are the kind of things you can shoot? Well, obviously, I'm, I'm talking local because uh, most of us spend most of our lives in one place, around our home, wherever, wherever that might be. And therefore, we have easy access to a range of different subjects. Now, what that range happens to be obviously depends upon where you live. So I'm just going to throw out some very brief ideas, but if you're interested in looking at this or pursuing it further, you can certainly Google the kind of projects that you can do, um, maybe even take a new look at where you live and the kind of photographic subjects that you have and um, think about those. So let's look at a couple of broad ones. So the one I'm going to start with is just architecture. Now, obviously, that's a very broad category. And um, architecture is there for all of us because presumably we live in a house or a building of some sort and that is architecture. So 
how do you approach architecture? Well, there's various ways of shooting it. You can shoot the kind of macro, the, the overall building, maybe where it sits in its environment. Maybe shoot it from different angles, look at converging lines, leading lines, repeating patterns, that kind of thing. Equally, you can go into um, the, the kind of micro view of it. So you can start looking at the details, maybe um, do really close-up work on bricks or on any details that might be on the buildings. So where I live, I have shutters, wooden shutters. I'm in France, and they have these little iron um, hinge things that just hold the shutter in place. So some of those, when you start looking around, uh, when I've been to different buildings, some of them are quite ornate. So that can become a theme. So this is a, another way of developing um, the, the sort of broader theme, let's say architecture, we could look at sub-themes within that. So one of them might be the detail view, it might be how um, different fittings on the building are handled, it could be uh, inside, it could be radiators, if you have a heating system, it could be door handles. Uh, there, there are many, many things. Once you begin to look, you'll find that there are many, many different subjects you can begin to uh, consider. And this is why I was saying earlier, they may not be the kind of thing you would normally look at, but once you start to look at them, you can start to think about how you would treat them. How are you going to use the lighting? How are you going to use composition? What are you trying to say about that particular subject? How are you going to use color? Are you going to put them out of focus? Are you going to put movement in there? So there are many, many things you can do when you start to look at these kind of subjects. So architecture is one, and it's not only about the building, but if you live in um, an urban area, how about the block where you live? What's going on in that block? What's the story of those buildings and that community? And maybe even there's a transition going on. Maybe some parts of where you live are falling into disrepair a little bit. Maybe some areas are being redeveloped. Um, we live in constant change. So again, part of photography is to document change. It's to record how things were and record how things change into a new um, expression, a new way of being. So that's just a brief touch on architecture and um, hopefully just from that very brief discussion, you'll see that there are many things that you can do. Now, another subject <clears throat> alongside that could be nature. And okay, you might, I, I live in the country, so I have animals around but you might live in the middle of a town or a city. Well, there's still nature about. That could be trees, it could be plants, it could be birds. You might have um, animals that come in, maybe at night, maybe foxes or other animals like that. So how can you tell the story of the nature of the environment that you live in? What is the story there? What What is the nature there? And particularly if you are in an urban environment, often people will overlook what, little pieces of nature you have. And of course, there are also things like insects, which um, certain times of year can be quite annoying, but you might find there's a huge variety and a whole ecosystem of insects, so more on the, on the micro level, as it were, that you have just walked past every day for years. So again, by stopping and taking a look around, you can begin to tell the story of the nature of the environment in which you live. And again, if you do this over a period of time, and I'll talk about this in a moment, you can begin to tell the story of how that ecosystem is evolving, whether it's becoming um, 
broader or whether species are starting to disappear. So again, that's just taking nature as a very broad subject and telling the story of the nature of your environment. So what's another one we can do? Well, we can look at maybe movement. So th this is going perhaps a little bit more sort of esoteric, but what, what, is, what is the movement of where you live? What's going fast? What's going slow? So it might be cars. Have you played with light trails, for example, at night? Have you tried um, playing with uh, blurred results when you're photographing cars, shooting um, cars at a slow shutter speed? And what difference does that make to the environment that they're in, whether you're in an urban environment or in the country? If you just sit a camera on a tripod or even handhold it, excuse me, and shoot at one sixtieth of a second while something moves through the frame, what sort of results does that give you? What can you do with it? What can you do with the colors? What can you do with the composition? What can you do um, with the tonality on it? So again, with every subject that you shoot, there are a lot of ways you can vary the result to give you a different look a different feel to the photograph and it might be something completely different to how you would normally shoot it and of course the, the beauty of doing this it, it gives you space to play and I think most creativity comes from play and experimentation so if you give yourself permission to just play with a subject that you haven't shot before and you perhaps wouldn't normally even shoot from that you can explore all sorts of different creativity avenues that you perhaps hadn't um, previously considered and here I'm also looking at the post-processing side so how do you how do you post-process it if you don't normally shoot people how about shooting people how about taking just playing around with portraits of people that you know they can be fun they can be candid shots um, you can um, you can have them pose more you can look at what backgrounds do you have around that you can use what sort of environments do you want to shoot them in? Do you want to shoot them in an environment that reflects them and their personality? Or do you want to shoot them uh, maybe somewhere where you wouldn't normally expect to shoot people? So I love shooting in more um, kind of industrial type environments, ideally an environment that's been abandoned a little while ago, because then um, if you start looking at photographing in black and white, you can get some really good tones. And um, black and white is about um, the the um, textures of what you're shooting and the shapes so it gives you a different way of looking at that environment and even that person how do you play with the cropping do you go very tight on their eyes do you do a very broad crop so they're a very small piece of that environment there are lots of possibilities lots of things to play with and then of course you can as I say you can apply that back if you wish to what you would normally photograph so they're just a few very simple examples of what you could choose to photograph. Now, I've spoken about themes as well. And so I've spoken about macro themes, uh, shooting your subject in their environment, micro themes, so shooting details or very small animals, but things that often people won't even look at, people will overlook. And another thing you can do is perhaps use time so that might be shooting um, at different times of day picking the same subject the same angle maybe setting up a tripod if it's possible to leave a tripod in position and just shooting the same subject 
at different times of day. So you're beginning to record the change in light. The uh, maybe if, if it's plants uh, and flowers, how they open and how they close. Um, it might be, let's say, how the lighting um, illuminates certain things. If you're if you're doing, say, a building or a wall, something with texture, how does the change in lighting affect the feel of that subject and the feel of that object as you look at it in the image? So that's a very simple thing you can do, and you can do it over the, uh, the course of a few days. You might find that you have slightly different uh, lighting conditions. It might be bright sunshine one day. It might be cloudy the next. It might be raining the next. So what's the difference? How does the change in environment and the change in time change the look of your subject? And again, this can give you insights into how you can use lighting more creatively, um, how you can use time of day more creatively. Is there a, a time of day that gives you a particular outcome that you really like? Uh, so all of all of these kind of questions. Now, with the um, the time shot, that then opens you up to longer term projects. So you might have tried um, shooting something maybe over the course of a month, shooting the same subject at exactly the same time of day. Every day for a month, you can do uh, the same day of the month <laughs> at the same time over a year or many years if you want to do a long-term one. So once you start op looking at photography from that perspective, again, it opens up a lot more possibilities of things you can do and um, things you can shoot. And initially, it might be more of a habit, so thinking about what you're shooting. But once you start to get some results and you start to get together a sequence of, of photographs, you can turn that into a project which could become a movie, it could become an album, it could become um, framed shots where you're doing maybe four or six or eight or 12 images in the same frame. Um, so there again, another way to look at this is what do you do with the images once you've recorded them? Having Digital images gives you a lot of options, and um, there are a lot of options now about how you use them. You might want to put them on a wall, either as single images or multiples. Uh, you could put them in a book, and as I say, you could create video, so you can do all sorts of things with them. So those are some ideas about the kind of thing you can do locally. But again, just to come back to the beginning of it, the whole point of this is really to help you to stay engaged photographically so that you don't lose your skills if you're one of those people who tends to leave the camera put away. And I used to do this with while watching photography when I was in Sydney. If I wasn't really traveling anywhere and I was working full time, um, I would tend to not use the camera very often. So I got myself involved with a local group and started doing urban photography, which wasn't something that I really um, would do normally. It wasn't something that interested me too much, but it gave me different insights. It, it got me thinking about how I could use the camera in different ways. So um, hence the idea behind this podcast to give you something that hopefully will inspire you to um, try something new and perhaps develop your own photography. So that's it for the this postcard, uh, postcard, <laughs> this pod, podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you found it interesting. I hope it's given you some ideas. And um, I will be producing another podcast and uh, be with you next time. So have a great day, whatever you're doing, and enjoy your photography. Bye for now.
Just before I go, I wanted to let you know that there's a couple of ways you can support me if you feel so inclined. Uh, with the podcast, Buzzsprout, which is the um, the platform I use for all of my podcasts, they have a subscription model. So if you feel that you would like to subscribe, a few dollars, a few euros, whatever, um, to the podcast, that would be much appreciated. The other option is my Patreon membership. So if you'd like to become a patron, and that starts at the price of a cup of coffee every month, you'll get access to exclusive material, behind-the-scenes material, photography tips, all this kind of stuff, depending on which tier you're at. So there is some information available through my website and um, also on the, uh, uh, the written text to go with this podcast. So if you choose either one, thank you so much in advance. And whether or not you do, I hope you uh, continue to enjoy the podcast and let other people know about them. Thank you very much. Bye for now.